Counter the latest internet sensation. I can dance, I can talk. People are banging on the door. This is going to be a game changer. Yeah, it's strange. Six. They're going to pay for the wall. One week at a time. <laughs> the ribble wobble, ribble wobble, jelly on a plate. Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your issues. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. We are doing the weekend breakfast for the Alfred's Father's Day Appeal. I'm Seb Costello. And if you're worried that there's no finals footy in Melbourne in the AFL this weekend, have no fear because a very big footy special this morning on the weekend breakfast because... Thanks, champs. How's this for a lineup? Patrick Dangerfield, Maxie Gorn... And the Coleman medalist, Josh Kennedy. Three All-Australians you'll hear from this morning on the weekend breakfast. We'll have a gold medalist as well. Tell you more about that a bit later. There's massive queues as we speak on Collins Street. Yeah, it's strange. It is a little strange, but Jean-Claude Van Damme, you're being a bit harsh. And when you find out why these people are queuing, you might change your mind. They've been there, some of them, since Thursday afternoon queuing for something that's happening this morning. I will educate you on that situation later in the morning. But up next, Australia's greatest footy tipper, a bloke who has won over $300,000 in cash and prizes in footy tipping in 2016 alone. What's his secret and how can you learn from him and get some coin yourself? Find out in moments. There's a big smartphone recall that's on. Samsung is recalling and replacing up to 2.5 million Note 7 phones after reports of batteries exploding in North Korea. It's been on sale for a couple of weeks in Australia, and according to The Australian this morning, it's been hailed by many critics as the best smartphone on the market. Well, it is until this happens. It's a little bit of a worry. If you've got a Samsung Galaxy Note 7, make sure you get in and get it replaced. There's been 35 inches. Can you imagine sitting there on your phone and it just blows up in your hand. A little bit of a, what an epic explosion we've got going on there, Hyph. I do like it. This man has got to be Australia's greatest footy tipper. He's won hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and prizes this year across five different tipping competitions. It does deserve a round of applause because the man is a legend in my eyes. Colin Flower, good morning. Morning, Seb. How are you, mate? Exceptional. Not as good as you, though, mate. What's your secret? Oh, mate, just, yeah, probably this year I've uh, tipped with the brain a bit more than the heart and sort of tipped who should win instead of who I want to win, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And what does that mean? Were you looking into stats or form lines? How were you using your head? Um, Yeah, sort of minor stat-wise, I looked at teams that handled pressure and teams that didn't handle pressure and if they were playing a side that applied a lot of pressure and sort of six-day breaks and consecutive six-day breaks. and But, but yeah, other than that, it was just sort of looking at the two teams and getting a gut feel on who I thought was going to win. I like it, mate. Don't give away all your secrets because you're going to have to back it up in 2017. Uh, so, so take us through it. What competitions did you win? Uh, sports bet, crown bet, uh, Herald Sun, AFL and Channel... Well, Channel 9 one is still not official, but yeah. Well, mate, I'll, uh, I'll look into that. I'll go back to the office after this and figure <laughs> out what's going on with Cole. We're talking to Cole Flower. You heard it there. has won five different footy tipping competitions this year and around hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and prizes. Mate, uh, how are you planning on spending the loot? Uh, look, we're, we're not going to go too stupid. We'll probably invest a fair bit of it. Um, 
that we've had in the pipeline a trip to Hawaii and Vegas for, for probably 20 years, which we thought we were going to have to do after we retired, but we'll probably look at doing that next year now. Um, yeah, just, just sort of bits and pieces of stuff that'll that'll make us a bit more comfortable and we enjoy some of it and invest most of it, mate. I tell you what, with your luck with probability recently, Steve Wynn and James Packer are very, very nervous about the thought <laughs> of you going to Vegas. Yeah, mate, I'd look... As I've said to others, this this isn't my normal luck. I think I said to someone the other day, if I bought 99 tickets in a 100-ticket raffle, I wouldn't win second prize normally, mate. <laughs> well, mate, I'm thrilled for you. Enjoy it. Best to the family. And are you going to re, re-enter next year? Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've been in here for years, and I won't stop now. Fantastic. Goldflower, nice to chat. Thanks, mate. It's Kirk, Tonegade for the corner. Puts the head down and scores. It's a Pelletay who's on the field, and they can make the most of it. Elliot Green for the corner, and the Australians are in again. And that's dangerous because Charlotte Kaslik will score a try. 24-15 with a kick to come. The Australians can start celebrating. Australia has won the gold medal in the women's sevens rugby. And I reckon these guys brought us more joy at the Rio Games than just about anybody, the women's rugby sevens, winning the first ever rugby sevens tournament at an Olympics, taking a gold medal home in the process. And the co-captain of our women's sevens squad is on the line. Morning, Shannon Parry. Morning, Seb. Thanks for having me. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Being out there at the Diodoro Stadium over there in Rio a couple of weeks ago was such a thrill when you guys won gold because there was a real feeling of family around the squad. Outside the stadium after the match with New Zealand, there were parents and and relatives of the players everywhere, and uh, it just seemed like you guys were were a team that got around each other and enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, definitely. Like To have the the Yellow Army there, family and friends in the stadium, there was 200 of them there, and to celebrate it with them, it was definitely something special. They'd made the trip all the way over to South America and, you know, they're the one, our loved ones there that, you know, they go through the hard times, the highs and lows with us. So to celebrate with them, it was great and, you know, plenty of celebrations after. Now, I've gone on a bit of social media today and I see on one of your teammates' accounts, uh, it's you being presented with the keys to the city of Brisbane at the Welcome Home Parade. Do they actually work in any sort of lock around town? Oh, I'm not really too sure, to be honest. That was yesterday in Brisbane and was um, yeah very honoured for myself and Charlotte to receive the keys to the city, but I'm not quite sure what it opens. I didn't get the little letter. That, you know, is, there, is there a secret room that only special people get to open? Oh, so that's it. I'll have that... to investigate a bit further there. I think you look into it, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if the Melbourne Storm comes up to play the Broncos, maybe you can lock the city of Brisbane and keep the Melbourne Storm fans out. <laughs> Possibly, definitely possibly. <laughs> now, what I loved about your squad is that people came together from all sorts of athletic backgrounds and uh, really just created this super team. But you are very much a rugby person, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I grew up playing tennis and hockey as a youngster and then um, jumped into rugby at 18. And yeah, the, the rest is sort of history. But I just was looking for a new opportunity and the 15-a-side game came up and, you know, always watched my brother from a very young age. So was something I'd never saw myself um, playing rugby and let alone becoming an Olympian and then a gold medalist. So it's been a pretty roller coaster journey since I wait when I first jumped into rugby. When did it sink in that you'd won an Olympic gold medal? Um, to be honest, it hasn't really. Really? Yeah. It, um, you know, we won the game and I looked at Walshie, our coach, and I looked at Shani, the other co-captain, and we just looked at each other, and I was like, we just won a gold medal. (laughs) And, you know, I say it every time, and I get goosebumps. And, 
you know, it's phenomenal what we've achieved. It was, it was such a young team and we had a great year this year with the World Series win and then to back it up with all the pressure on and, you know, ranking one going into Rio and, you know, everyone was backing us for a gold medal and just very thankful that we could put it through and the team put in a phenomenal performance there against the Kiwis and, you know, we can all reflect on it now and it's been a great season to date. It was fantastic. And do you allow yourself to sort of dream of Tokyo at this stage or is four years a long way away? Oh, I think for me, four years is a long, long way, but it's definitely something that, you know, it's on the horizon. But for us, we've got a World Series to play yet next year and we're lucky enough to have the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. So that'll be a great event with Women's Sevens the first year there and, you know, an Olympic gold and a Com Games gold will be a a pretty good package to have. So a few things to tick off before we get to Tokyo yet. I reckon. Jeez, imagine the crowds on the Goldie for the Women's Sevens. That's going to be huge off the back of all this momentum behind the sport. That's going to be great. Absolutely. Home crowd, what more can you ask for? And it's we're very lucky in February to have Sydney Sevens. We've got a women's leg there. So another opportunity to play on home soil. And, you know, backing off the win of the, the gold medal, the public is definitely, I guess, more well aware of who we are and what we do now and, you know, they all say it's entertaining. So hopefully we can get a big crowd there in Sydney and then, you know, 28 in on the Gold Coast. It'll be great. This version of the Games, the Sevens, is set to explode and uh, in no small part because of our success over there in Rio. The co-captain of the Australian Women's Sevens squad, Shannon Parry. Awesome to chat and congratulations. No worries. Thanks, Ed. and fitness with Danny Green. He's on the line. Do you remember your first album, mate? <laughs> Morning, mate. Um, yeah, I do, actually. It was The Angels. Take a long line from ah, The Angels, mate. Yeah, yeah. but Doc Neeson and the boys? And I also remember a good mate of mine over here since I've been nine years old, Jimmy Tranner. Um, he bought me for my 12th birthday. He bought me the single, the small, just a single, the vinyl um, single from Foreigner called uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. Oh, yes, yep. I want to I know what love is? Or... Oh, sorry, I, I want to know what love is. Yep. And, and, and I was, uh, when you're 12, I was, you know, that's a pretty strange thing for a, for a mate to get you. I was like, mate, turn up, what's this all about? So I've never, ever stopped. And my missus showed me a clip <laughs> of, of a concert, of a Foreigner concert back in the day, only about a week ago. So I filmed it and sent it to him. And to this day, we still, I still give him a, heap, a, a good ribbing about it, but... <laughs> that was my first, the first album I bought was, um, was The Angels, mate. Magnificent. It's not a bad karaoke number, The Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. Oh, mate, you should hear me singing. I belt it out. I belt out a pistol, <laughs> mate, in the shower. <laughs> uh, now, mate, uh, things tracking on target for the Mundine fight? How are uh, sort of the negotiations of the nitty-gritty dates, times? What's happening? Yes, you know we've got a few meetings lined up uh, actually next week. So it's um, with with a few uh, a few people in regards to venues, um, dates, uh, states. So it's getting closer, and uh, I think by by the end of, of September, I think we'll have a contract um, signed and sealed, and then um, you know we'll, we'll all know what's going on, mate. Is Melbourne a strong chance to host it? Yeah, with that, yeah. Yeah, good. So, yeah, I'd um, I'd love to I'd love to come back and, 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 and do the job there, mate, because you know how much I love it, mate. It's my second heart. Absolutely, and your Melbourne fans would love to cheer you on in that uh, big rematch. And mate, there's uh, you know you're obviously having to get back into camp, go through the training again in the coming months, and 
What do you say to yourself? How do you motivate yourself to get going again? Because this is the health and fitness segment, and there'll be a few people lying in bed this morning thinking to themselves, do I want to get out into this sort of overcast 16-degree maximum day in Melbourne? Yeah, it's hard, man, because, you know, I'm, I'm the same. You know, I'm, I'm cooked up in bed right now, and uh, <laughs> it's, you know, pretty warm. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a matter of, 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 you know, I guess, how much do you want to get healthy and how much do you want to get fit and how much do you want to change your life? Just yesterday, I was in, um, in, a, in a fishing shop buying a, buying a fishing rod, and a bloke that goes to my gym in Perth goes, mate, you know, I've done this, I've done that, I want to lose a bit of extra kilos. What's this? What about your team, Danny, your team, man? What's this all about? And I just said, look, mate, We've got thousands of people, men and women, doing it, and I've had nothing but good feedback. Do yourself a favour, go on the website and just check it out and have a look at it. He's like, yeah, no worries, man, man, went on. And I started explaining to him, mate, it's about what you put in your body. I said, mm. if, you, if, you, if you drink you know, five times a week, a lot of guys drink five times a week, might have six studies every night. I said, mate, just take two of those nights or three of those nights off. That's, that's you know, that's 18 beers a week. You don't have times that by nine. That's a lot of beers over a month, and that's and you haven't done anything. You've already started losing weight. I said, when you combine that with a bit of exercise and healthy nutrition, it's a no-brainer. You're going to lose weight and you're going to get good, healthy. It's a good habit to have. Mate, uh, coming up, we've got the Coleman medalist, Josh Kennedy, of your West Coast Eagles. Uh, have you got a bit of man love for Big Joshy? <laughs> Mate, he's a man, so, you know. <laughs> Who couldn't have man love that big friend that big, that big beard of his mate? But um, mate, he's a legend. Uh, you know, everyone loves him over here, and he's, I've only met him once or twice. I don't know Josh personally very well at all, mate. But you know, everyone loves him. He's a he's a, he's a lord downtown. He's he's a down to earth bloke. He's got a very good sense of humour, mate. So um, yeah, he's he's all time. Maybe we could play this to him on your behalf. I wanna know what love is. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, there'd be a lot of hugs going on, wouldn't there? What's that? There'd be a lot of hugs going on. I'd rub that big beard in my face. That'd be sweet. <laughs> well, mate, have a stellar weekend. Uh, good luck to the Eagles on Thursday night too. Yeah, Ripper, mate. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Lord Seb. I read this morning that the CEO of Qantas, Alan Joyce, has taken home $13 million in salary and bonus this year, more than the bank CEOs. He's having a good 12 months, $13 million. Jeez. Somebody who's also having a good 12 months is Josh Kennedy of the West Coast Eagles, the Coleman medalist, 2015 and 2016. And, of course, he was named at full forward of the All-Australian team. AFL put on a terrific function earlier in the week, Thursday night down at the Exhibition Centre for the All-Australian. And I was down there and managed to catch up with Josh Kennedy from the West Coast Eagles, the Coleman medalist. Congratulations and back-to-back, uh, -back, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, look, yeah, look, it's been a bit of an up and down year, um, I suppose, for, for, for our team. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad that, um, you know, we're pushing through to finals and um, we get a home final against um, the Bulldogs next week, which is, which is what we're more looking forward to, so I can't wait. Take us inside the club. You know, everyone talks during the first week of the finals that no bottom four side it will ever feature heavily in September. How do you reject that sort of negativity? Um, oh look, well I suppose history shows it, but um, but yeah, look, having a week off and we play next Thursday, and then um, if you do win, you roll into probably having a seven eight day break, so you get a bit of a freshen up, which is um, which is okay. So yeah, look, well, you just got to do what you can, and you got to um, everyone's got to contribute and play their role, and um, yeah, like. I know history says it, but um, history's always there to be broken. So, yeah, look, we, we, we just know that we've got to um, focus on uh, beating the doggies at home firstly, and um, we'll take everything from there. Two more. Do you keep the routine the same for a final as you do for a home and away, or do you try and do something different to lift yourself? Um, no, 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 I try and keep it the same. I, I'm, yeah, I pretty much do the same thing every week. and been doing that for the last... Um, 
yeah, six, seven years of my career. So, um, yeah, you try and keep everything the same and um, you don't want to really change too much, especially going into finals. And mate, I've got to ask about the NAB campaign, which has uh, little Oz kickers playing different AFL stars. I reckon the bloke playing you is the best of the lot of them. He's got the shuffle spot on, hasn't he? He does. He nailed it. And yeah, yeah the little beard on him looked, looked pretty good as well. So yeah, but um, well, my favourite was Gary Ablett one. He, how good was he? He was, he was a ripper. He's yeah. got the balk and the movement nicely, doesn't he? No, he's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific, mate. Enjoy the night. No worries. Cheers. I reckon Josh Kennedy's lookalike is the best in that NAB ad, although the guy who does Maxie Gorn, the little boy there, He's pretty good too. He rocks that almost Amish-style beard very nicely. The EJ Witten Legends game last night was won by Victoria in a thrilling shootout ending. In the end, it was six goals to Barry Hall that got us over the line. We had three Victorians line up and have a shot at goal in the shootout. All three made their goals. And then the greatest player to ever play the game, Wayne Carey, stepped up for the All-Stars. And we'll let Darson BT take it from here. Now the pressure... It goes all the way back to the man regarded yep. as the all-time great, the best ever. And this is what he did, Bristol. He just he ate pressure as a player. So no hesitation. The King Wayne Carey, 45 metres out. Oh, no! Will it bend back? It's oh! Post. Oh, look at the devastated All-Stars. And the man who delivered on the big stage so often. Oh, he must feel small. He's had a howler. The King has been dethroned. Look at Vicky Martin, he loves it. <laughs> Nick Martin couldn't be happier. Oh, the great man joins us on Triple M right now. Good morning, Wayne Carey. G'day, Sam. How are you, buddy? Mate, what happened? What happened? Um, I hit the post. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was... Uh, I, I don't think I kicked the ball that far all night, to be honest with you. I, I was uh, sort of chipping the ball around on the left and the right, and then... Uh, and giving a lot of them away, and then finally had to have a shot at the end. But no, pressure got to me, Seb. It was just a big moment. And did Mickey Martin just really let you know about it? He did. He, Mick, Mick, now, as we know, in the modern, well, not even in the modern game, even, you know, back when we played in the, the dinosaur years in the 90s, <laughs> that if, if a player's running into an open goal and you're standing on your opponent in the goal square, you leave to go and put pressure on the kicker that's running in. Mm. Mick didn't leave any of his opponents because he didn't want any goals kicked on him. He's <laughs> the most selfish man ever. Even in a even in a in a legends game, would not leave his opponent <laughs> to put pressure on the guy coming in. Is there a few mobility issues there as well for Mick? Um, yeah, fair to say he's been in a good paddock, but <laughs> but he uh, but he could move. He could move as a big boy. Oh, mate. Well, look, it was a great game. And in the write-up, mate, they're singing your praises. In the paper today, North Melbourne legend Wayne Carey's unselfishness was incredible. Constantly able to find teammates with either boot showing class had not deserted him, mate. So for the four quarters, you still put in a terrific performance. Yeah, oh, a little bit a uh, little bit quiet, Ted. But I, 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 figured, I figured that uh, it was obviously a, very much a Victorian crowd there. Um, mm. So us All-Stars sort of get left out. I think we should play the next one in Tassie or or Adelaide, um, just to get a bit of support for us. But it was, um, yeah, it was good fun. I think that's the idea of it, to, you know, make sure you, you bring everyone into the game and, and have a bit of fun. And um, I, I felt that uh, I, I didn't want to hang on to the ball for too long if I if I got the ball, because I knew PT and Das and everyone else, that would just give them more time to have fun <laughs> in and around uh, at my expense. So I figured... 
Get the ball, move it on quickly, and, uh, yeah, try to find a teammate. He's piled on a bit, Bristle, really. It's okay to sit there in the comfortable confines of the commentary box and throw off at a bloke who's just played four quarters. Well, it was it was always coming, Seb. Um, this has been building and building for weeks. Every Sunday we sit there and every little jibe that I uh, sort of threw BT's way, it was, uh, oh, don't worry, Duck, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I, I knew, and, and Richo was uh, Richo was the other one that uh, that uh, knew it was coming his way. And, and actual fact, Richo even joined in on the sort of uh, bandwagon with him a little bit at half time. I'm, I'm led to believe. So um, I get right of reply today on the rub uh, at twelve o'clock. BT and the boys will be there, and I might just talk a little bit about Richo's leadership because I thought uh, <laughs> it probably shouldn't have come down to a shootout. Uh, if Richo had led just a little bit better. Oh, no, they're turning on each other in the All-Star camp. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, mate, t- tonight you're uh, doing a charity event, which is a terrific occasion, the All In for Charity uh, poker event organised by Tony Hashem, the great Australian poker champion, uh, and it's raising money for the National Breast Cancer Foundation, uh, which is a good cause. Absolutely. Great cause, as we know, and uh, a lot of great causes. Obviously, you know, the, the cause last night, the prostate cancer, this one for breast cancer, um, you know, far too many uh, people die from these terrible diseases. And, and if you get onto them early, obviously, a lot can be done. So the more awareness and the more we raise to, to help is, is only a good thing. And along the way, um, you know, lucky, you know, you, you get to have a good time. And last night was so much fun. And, and tonight will be a really good night. Um, as you said, some big names uh, going to Mornington to, to uh, help raise some money. And um, yeah, no, it should be, it should be really, uh, really fun. Hashamgroup.com.au. It's at the Mornington race course from 6pm. Feb's involved. Spud. Uh, BT's listed down here too. So uh, that shows the calibre of the Triple M family. A lot of them involved last night in the All-Star game and backing up uh, for another charity event within 24 hours. Made good effort last night. Commiserations about the result. No, good on you. Thanks, Seb. If you didn't see it, Victoria won the EJ Witten Legends game last night in a thrilling shootout. It was drawn at the end of regular time, so what happened was three Victorians sidled up to take a set shot at goal. Victoria dobbed all three of those, and then it was time for the All-Stars. Their first representative, Wayne Carey, the spiritual leader of the All-Stars team, stepped up to take his shot. Here's what happened. The King Wayne Carey, 45 metres out. And that was the end of the ball game. Joining us from the winning side, Victoria's own Campbell Brown. Good morning. Morning, Seb. How are you? How does victory feel on a Saturday morning? Oh, it feels fantastic. What a <laughs> uh, what a game. We we always like to keep it close, but uh, certainly, you know, the draw was just something out of the box. And I was uh, initially a little bit worried because when they said, Brownie, you, you've got a kick to decide it, <laughs> I immediately thought, oh, no, why are they giving it to a back pocket? But, uh, of course, it was to big John O'Brien, the skipper, who just put it straight through the middle. I would have loved to have seen you just walk to the spot confidently and say, no, nah, <laughs> nah, this is mine. Take it easy, John O'Brien. But, mate, uh, there has already been a little buzz out of the All-Star camp. They are turning on each other. Have a listen to the King Wayne Carey earlier on the weekend breakfast talking about Matty Richardson. I might just talk a little bit about Richo's leadership because I thought uh, it probably shouldn't have come down to a shootout uh, if Richo had led just a little bit better. They're tearing each other apart, Brownie. Yeah, they are. They are. And 
I found it quite uh, humorous that every time Duck got the ball, he wheeled around and kicked it straight to Abby Holmes. I think he gave her four of her five or six <laughs> goals, so he had the tunnel vision on. He did. He was looking after his teammate. Uh, well, mate, congratulations. Let's move on to AFL, and uh, you've played footy in Queensland as a Gold Coast son. Few problems at Brisbane, the other Queensland club. What do you think they've got to do? Who's the right coach for Brisbane after the Justin Lepich era? It's it's a really interesting one. It's uh, it's something the AFL need to seriously sort of work out what's going wrong up in Queensland with with football. Up there. It's a tough market, and uh, both the Gold Coast Suns and Brisbane are struggling. I, I think um, it could be a really good fit up there. Is is a former teammate of mine. And he, he's got a fantastic resume now. He's built it up over 10 years. He's John Barker. He started at St Kilda when they were going fantastic uh, under Ross Lyon. He then moved over to the Hawks. He's had a couple of years under Clarko and, and now obviously um, been at Carlton for a number of years under Mick Malthouse and now um, Brendan Bolton. So um, probably the three of the, the most experienced and, and best coaches in the, the competition he's learnt from and um, he's a pretty strong personality, and um, I, I think he could be a perfect fit. But there's, there's, I'm probably a little bit biased, having known him personally. But there's plenty of good coaches out there. It's such a big decision, and the club just need to get it right. We could see the John Barker wing come to the Gabba. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, even though he's he's always seen smiling, he, don't worry about that. He's got a bit of a uh, bit of fire in the belly too. Fantastic. Uh, well, mate, uh, did the boys celebrate after the victory in the All-Star game last night? Straight across to the wool shed, too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a few dusty boys. Fantastic. Uh, the fifth quarter, who was best on ground in the fifth quarter? Uh, oh, there, was, there was a few just pinning the ears back. Uh, Martin Pike, as you'd expect, yes. uh, getting the job done. And uh, Rusciuto had an early flight out, so he, uh, he got as many in as he could. Um, before he had to head home a little bit early, but he was in good spirits. One of the all-time greats, Pikey. Well, mate, congratulations. Uh, No doubt we will be hearing you across the weekend uh, and enjoy the weekend. Good on you, mate. Thursday night at the Exhibition Centre was the All-Australian and a really great night by the AFL. Geelong flying the flag for the Melbourne teams uh, with three players in. Corey Enright, his sixth All-Australian nomination. Awesome. Patrick Dangerfield, of course. Joel Selwood there, uh, as was his partner, Britt Davis, who was the ambassador for the Grand Prix not so long ago and did an awesome job at that. But a man who's had an awesome year is the great Maxie Gorn. And who doesn't love Maxie Gorn? He is a man who is himself at every possible opportunity, which is fantastic. And I caught up with the great man at the All-Australian Night as he was crowned for his first blazer. Well, mate, it was uh, exciting for the Demons there. Finals were uh, were up for grabs for uh, for a moment and uh, then not to be, but you must be pleased with, uh, with uh, guess, how the side finished up. Yeah, you're right. It was a good year for super, super disappointing finish. So um, we performed at a, a, a good AFL standard uh, level for about... 16 to 17 weeks, so it's good. We let ourselves down a couple of games, so that's where we got to patch things up for for next for next season. You going to miss Rusey? Yeah, I am going to miss her. I'm going to miss getting 100 bucks of training when I train well. <laughs> was that his Was that his motivation? Was it, it? only happened once, and it only happened to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he realised when I actually didn't give it back that he's got to stop that. But, you, um, you weren't joking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we are we are going to miss Rosie, but um, Goody's Goody's ready, and and we're all excited for Goody's uh, season to start off as well. Sure, you get asked this uh, a million times. So what's the difference between the two, between Rosie and Goody? Goody's an absolute nerd. Um, he loves his footy, watches a lot of footy, uh, watches our games probably 10 to 15 times. So that's probably uh, that new standard of coaching that's coming in. So you're Brendan Bolton, Adam Simpsons, they all seem like you're, you're real football nerds and Goody's definitely one of them. 
And he must be thrilled. You know, it's a great achievement to be here, to be, yeah. be the All-Australian. Has that uh, meant something to you? I didn't expect it, um, especially at the start of the year. Uh, I was probably a long way behind the eight ball. But um, with a couple of guys falling over, I did a bit of a Steve Bradbury here. So Nat Louie <laughs> fell over and so did I kept Tippett and Goldstein had a sore knee. So I was pretty lucky in the end. <laughs> I reckon you might have gone all right, even if that hadn't happened. Yeah. And we're just looking at the demon list. You know, at the start of the year, we were talking about the future of Jesse Hogan. Yeah. How important is it to, to keep those young players together at Melbourne? Well, we've got an abundance of young players at the moment. Um, Jesse Hogan to be important for, to keep him in the club like it would be for Christian Petraka and Angus Brayshaw and I can, the list goes on. We've got six guys going to the NAB Rising Star, which is exciting. Um, and we can keep them all together. I'm sure we can give it a shake in the next few years. And, mate, uh, off-season for you. Uh, so do you get any time off or are you sort of keeping yourself in shape for season 2017? Uh, probably the first few weeks you get a little bit of time off. Um, I'm a keen cyclist, so I'll probably go out and do a fair bit of cycling. But apart from that, I'll, tell, I'll probably sit, sit down and rest the legs for a little bit. I had a pretty intense season. I haven't really had something like that before. So I'm a little bit sore and I might actually catch up with a girlfriend for a couple of days. Eh? <laughs> I think that'll earn you some brownie points. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Perfect. They're a lovely couple too. Maxie Gorn there and uh, his partner Jess, who uh, he was there with on the All-Australian evening. If you walk through the CBD this morning, you'll see a massive queue on Collins Street. One of the men who has been there for hours now is on the phone. Ryan Gallup, good morning. And what's it all about? Uh, It's all about the Jordan 1 bread today. So you are queuing for sneakers, is that right? That's correct. When did you get there to queue up outside Kicks 101 on Collins Street? Uh, I got to Kicks yesterday at about uh, 12 p.m. Mate, so you've done an overnighter in the city. How was it? Uh, it was cold, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people have been there since Thursday, I was told, so that's a pretty big effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're at another store, yeah. Unbelievable. Now, mate, uh, our uh, panel operator is uh, Tim the Hyphen. He's a bit of a sneaker freaker, if you like. Hyphen, uh, the Jordan 1s are the shoes that are in demand here. What are they? So they're the first first shoe that Nike released for Michael Jordan. They were the ones originally banned by the NBA. Ah. So Nike paid the fine for him to wear them. Very big day in sneaker world. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that how did he go, Ryan? Does that about yeah, sum it up? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent sums it up. And why is it so important to have this shoe that you line up overnight in the city? It's the one that started it all for for MJ anyway. So yeah, this is definitely as a sneakerhead, this is one you've definitely got to have in your collection. How many shoes have you got? Oh, plus 80. <laughs> 80 pairs of sneakers. Yeah, last count, but I'm not trying to count anymore. <laughs> have you worn them all? Uh, probably 50-50. <laughs> what, what, so there's about 30 or 40 pairs of shoes at your place that have never been worn? Yeah, yeah, that'd be about right. Some there, some at my mum's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many people would be in the numerous queues around town for these sneakers, do you reckon, right? Oh, oh at Kicks 101, there's probably 100 people, and then uh, at Foot Lockers, they do a raffle, and there's probably 500 at each Foot Locker doing a raffle. Unbelievable. How much do the sneakers cost? They're 220 220 And And do you know how many pairs will be available? No, no. Mm, you've no decided, idea. but you'll be in it because you're at the front of the queue. Well, Ryan, uh, nice to chat to you, mate. Uh, when do the doors open? Uh, 10 a.m. this morning. Right. Oh, mate, I heard they just uh, sold out. The, the shipment ended. <laughs> no. I, guess it was all, I guess I'll just go home then. No. <laughs> no, mate, hang out there. You'll do well. Ryan Gallup there, who is in line for a rare Michael Jordan sneaker. It's 20 past eight in the morning. He's braving the elements. Why aren't you out there, Hyphen? Uh, I'm not that dedicated to the shoe game <laughs> to be out there at that end. I'd rather be here with you, Seb. Thank you, mate. Do you collect anything? 
shoes. You do collect shoes as yeah, well. Not in Ryan's league, but I do. Let's go to the phones at Geelong. Cade, good morning. Morning, Seb. How are you? Mate, exceptional. What do you collect? Baseball caps. Nice. The sort of lid-style caps? Yep. Very good. And is it sports teams or what do they have on them? Yeah, I've got sports teams. I've got nearly everything, really. I've got about 90 of them. 90 caps? Yep. And are there some that haven't been worn? Yeah, there's a few that haven't been worn. Some oh. of them are collectors, so not wearing them. Ah, <laughs> uh, and what, do they have like a, like a headstand that you put them on? Yep, I've got little blow-up head stand. I've got little, <laughs> little boxes that they go into. I've even got a little little hat suitcase for them if I go away. Mate, you're like a judge. They put their wigs in this special box when they go off. You put your ca- – I love it. Mate, so you've got a Triple M Father's Day pack too. Hang on the line there. Beautiful. Got a couple of goodies in there. To Tony at Caram Downs, what do you collect? Morning, Sav. I collect um, Hot Wheels. Oh, toy cars? Yeah, the little toy um, 164-scale cars. Oh, magnificent. How many have we got? Yeah. Uh, probably about five hundred, but what? they're all in their um, yeah, they're all in their packets, so they're unopened. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've got a little man cave set up on display. But, oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, a little hobby of mine. Fantastic, mate. What's what's the most valuable Hot Wheel that you have? Um, look, probably one of the convention cars. So every year, um, uh, LA and also throughout South America, they put on a convention like a big show. And you can collect these one-off type of cars. So probably one of those. Fantastic, mate. Well, uh, look forward to uh, Send us a photo of the collection if you get a chance on Twitter, at Seb Costello 9 Good on you, Tony. And to Stewie at Milton South, what's your collection? G'day, Seb. Look, m- many years ago, one of my mates um, said, look, his sons, they're collecting the aluminium, the, the ring pulls off aluminium cans. Oh, for tinny? Yeah, and he said, oh, you know, the, the school does something with them. He said, you know, you drink cans, can you just, you know, collect them for me? <laughs> Anyway, nothing was ever said in any again, but I've always done it. Um, this was primary school. The, I think he's now about 24. <laughs> and he said, and my son said to me the other day, he said, Dad, have you ever weighed to see how many of them ring pulls you got? I'm just hitting nine kilos. You've got nine kilos of tinny ring pulls? Yeah, so if you weigh one of them, then add nine kilos, and they're probably all from me. It's probably quite embarrassing. <laughs> how do you actually keep the collection? Oh, I've got them in the, the big buckets. <laughs> And what's from what drink do most of the ring pulls come from? Unfortunately, they're probably alcohol based. Yeah, good, solid, solid. What's uh, your poison? Oh, just beer. Yep, yeah, that's the way. Well, Stewie, that's fantastic, mate. You got a Triple M Father's Day gift pack too. Send us a photo of that. I'd love to see that at Seb Costello nine nine kilos of ring pulls off. Uh, Aluminium can drinks. That's fantastic. Some good collections in there. Ready. About a right banana. The biggest high five yank you've ever seen in your life. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. This is Brian Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a Coleman and be in a film. And this is Bristle's missile. Take your flags and stick them you know where. (laughs) Bristle, I don't know if you were listening, but we just had Stewie on the line who collects the ring pulls off uh, tin can drinks, and he has nine kilos worth of ring pulls. What do you reckon about that? Oh, what's he doing with them? Oh, he was collecting them for a friend's son who was raising money for his school, but the son never asked for them. So Stewie's just kept them in a bucket, and there's around nine kilos of ring pulls. That guy's crazy. What the <laughs> hell is he on about? <laughs> oh, now, Bristle, a very exciting finish to uh, the All-Star game last night, the EJ Witten Legends game. You were calling it, and uh, it was really 
up to the duck to bring it home for the uh, All-Star side. It ended in a shootout. Victoria nailed their three goals in the shootout. The duck was the first for the All-Stars and missed. Here's what uh, he's had to say about that moment this morning on the weekend breakfast. Well, it was it was always coming, Seb. Um, this has been building and building for weeks. Every Sunday we sit there and every little jibe that I... Uh, sort of through BT's way, it was, uh, oh, don't worry, Duck, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> and you made him earn it last night on the call. Well, we, we I did go down to the rooms before the game and I said to both teams uh, um, that in the unlikely event that it is a draw, I nominated who the kickers would be. So he ah. knew from the start of the game that if it were to be a draw, he would be the kickoff uh, king. And um, he was placed in there, and he failed. And he, 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 what he's done, Duck, is he's he's worked too much on the upper body in the last five years, and he's forgotten about the lower body. And he he, he can no longer walk. <laughs> he actually can't walk. Oh, he now, looks terrible. Uh, Brian, they've already started pointing fingers inside the All Stars camp, yeah. and the Duck has laid the blame squarely at the feet of the captain. I might just talk a little bit about Richo's leadership because I thought uh, it probably shouldn't have come down to a shootout uh, if Richo had led just a little bit better. Was this Richo's fault? Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> probably was because he was deplorable. He, uh, he just looked like he was uh, a young kid learning to play the game again. He had no idea. And it was just, uh, it was almost laughable to see this uh, once legend out there uh, hammering away. And he's kicking, the little man crawled up into his scone again and said, Richo, you can't kick this, mate, you're no good. <laughs> and then Richo he jumped on the back shoulder. out until he got the ball again, and then he jumped in there again. It was a disaster. Oh, no, but Victoria won, so good result as far as I'm concerned. Uh, mate, the Herald Sun is reporting this morning, that the AFL uh, will try and encourage Paul Ruse to consider coaching one more time in Brisbane. Is that at all likely to happen? Yeah, I don't reckon so. Mm. I don't reckon so. I reckon Ruse, he's a pretty, well, he's a very smart and astute person when it comes to football. And I reckon you pick your, you pick your fight and you only, you only pick the fight if you know you can win. And uh, I don't reckon he'd be picking Brisbane as one that they can win, no matter how much money the AFL tipping up there. Might get them good uh, conditions and good facilities, but it won't get them wins on the ground. Um, so I would be surprised. What I wouldn't be surprised with is that if Paul Roos coached Collingwood, uh, you know, if Nathan Buckley had a disastrous year next year, um, then that wouldn't surprise me at wow. all. That's yeah. one. Oh, that's one I certainly hadn't heard. Johnny Barker was uh, the name that Campbell Brown offered us earlier. Is he in the race? Uh, yeah, he'll be in the race. Uh, Johnny Barker. Um, I think uh, you know Brett Ratton, Johnny Barker, all these guys. You know, even Choco Williams mm. um, will all be in the race for sure. Um, it seems to have in recent time gone to the young young coaches, mm. and I'm not sure why that is because I still think the older guys have got plenty left in them. Um, so it's it's highly likely it'll go to one of these new young gun coaches. BT, you'll be on the rub a bit later today. The Duck is having his right of reply too after your commentary of his shootout goal kicking last night. We look forward to hearing you. Thanks for joining us. Go on, you boys. The All-Australian Evening, Thursday night at the Exhibition Centre. Congratulations to all the footballers who made it. 
Five Sydney Swans in there, including Buddy Franklin's sixth time as an All-Australian. Corey Enright, too, with a sixth selection. Terrific effort by both of those players. And the man who was named in the on-ball brigade alongside his Geelong teammate, Joel Selwood, was Patrick Dangerfield, who's got a few days off as he prepares for next Friday's game against the Hawks at the MCG. It'll be a ripper, and uh, I caught up with Danger a few days ago. We're here with Patrick Dangerfield at the All-Australian uh, for Triple M, and uh, mate, uh, a good night on the calendar the All-Australian. You get to see some of your peers? Yeah, and some old teammates, which is always good, but as you said, there's, there's 22 doesn't go into 850, and for it to be whittled down to uh, the team it is tonight, it's a, it's a great night. Right, so we're catching up with Eddie Betts. I think we've all been impressed with how he's handled the past fortnight uh, with the, the banana incident at the Adelaide Oval. I'm sure it didn't surprise you as somebody who knows him a little? No, it certainly didn't. He's a class act, Eddie, uh, on the field as well as off it. And uh, that was certainly no exception with the way that he handled himself. And uh, He's had a wonderful season um, and he's just one of the best players to watch on the field as well. Mate, what's it been like for you to walk into this final series now where Geelong are playing Hawthorne first up? You're walking into what is one of the most incredible finals rivalries in modern times between these two sides. And, and while you're an incredibly important part of the team, you're new to that rivalry. How has that been for you? Yeah, well, as you said, I'm new to it. I don't understand it uh, or have that emotion attached to it that some players do because I've obviously been playing for Geelong a lot longer than I have. So I think uh, similar to when I first joined Adelaide, the Port Adelaide rivalry, that will grow over time. Uh, but we're certainly shaping up. It certainly shapes up to be a, a wonderful contest. They've played some great footy this year, but so have we. So we're going confident. Did Sal or somebody sit you down and say, look, these guys got us in 2008 and we hate them? No, I don't think it needs to be said. Obviously, the, the rivalry is obviously longer than just 10 years. You think back to 89 and that result. So um, I understand it and I'm certainly looking forward to being a part of it. I'd love your comments the other night too uh, in regards to all the Brownlow speculation. Your name gets thrown around a lot. How hard has it been to focus on the prize, which is team success and a premiership? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too concerned with the personal accolades. What I want is a premiership, and that's what we want as a team. So uh, if it doesn't help us in that quest, then I don't worry about it and we don't worry about it. So uh, we've got a, a formidable side that we're coming up against Friday week, uh, ready for the challenge. And the week off, mate, uh, some players feel like they would have preferred to keep the momentum. I'm sure some at West Coast feel like that because they've run into a fair bit of form. What was, uh, what, what's sort of your preference in a perfect world? Would you have the week off or would you be playing finals this weekend? Oh, it doesn't really matter. It's there, so we'll deal with it. Um, it gives a chance for a few players to freshen up that are uh, a little bit banged up, but um, we'll embrace it. It gives us a good chance to prepare uh, against a, a really strong Hawthorne side, so... Uh, we'll deal with it as best we can. We'll train. Uh, we'll have a pretty solid session on Saturday and then get ready to, to spring load into Friday night. Good luck for the next few weeks. Thanks, Ed. Cheers. Patrick Dangerfield there caught up with him at the All-Australian. And as we are contractually obliged to do before our next guest enters the room, hit it, Hyfe. That is the theme music. Of Chanel Vella from the Channel 10 Eyewitness News. Morning, Chanel. Good morning, but I'm down one today. Jay What's Vincent happened? would normally be here with me, my wingman, my partner in crime, <laughs> the dynamic duo. She's feeling a little under the weather this morning, so I'm just holding the fort strong. That's a shame. I saw her at a work function, Channel 9 Drinks, last night, and she didn't look that unhealthy then, but she's come down with something. Yep, she's just not feeling well. Is that right? So just some bed rest. Uh, okay, good. I hope, I hope she gets a chance to see a doctor on a Saturday, because that can be hard to do. Yeah, she's a good girl, and we mm. love her. Yep. Yeah. Keep the fluids up too. The end. Because if you're sick, 
you're probably pretty dehydrated. I'm shutting you down. You might have a headache. We're not talking anymore. Or you might be in the bathroom just trying to get up and get ready for the day. Stop it. Sorry. Okay. Now, Stop. You, <laughs> you've had an interesting week following the case of the Trump family. To reset this, this is a family of five from the Dandenongs, mum, dad, and three adult children. And they leave the family red current farm uh, a few days ago. They drive to Wangaratta and then on to Bathurst. And somehow the family separated and the dad is still missing. That's right. Mark Trump is still missing. It's a very, very bizarre case. So we know the family of five, as you said, with adult children, have worked themselves into some sort of emotional state. Um, as have said by police, the two children who spoke during the week said they just weren't thinking clear. When they left the house. That's right. And what sort of state was the house in when they left it? Well, this is the bizarre part. So one of the daughters was found running down a highway in New South Wales and had they police have worked out, she comes from Victoria. They've contacted Victoria Police and they've turned up at the house. All the doors are open. The house is in an almost ransacked state keys left in all the ignitions, passports left behind, phones. As in the family's passports. Everything left behind. The only one out of the five of them that took a phone was the son. And when they were driving to New South Wales, they got to around about Warburton on that journey and they decided the phone was causing them too much stress and it was thrown out the window. What did the cops make of that when they got to the house and found all the doors open? Look, Sergeant Mark Knight, uh, he was the one that went through the house and he said in his 30 years of policing, he's never seen anything like this. It's so strange. Do they think anybody else had been in the house or is that just the way the family left it? No, by all means, they think this is how the family left the house. And I have to add in here as well, the family... Everyone says they're a great farming family. They've got businesses. They're very well regarded by their friends, one of which works at Channel 10. And he says they're a great family. He's grown up with them. Right. So you've spoken to someone who knows the family pretty well. And, Ab- absolutely. And they're a solid family. 100% police. So say, what's happened? You tell me. <laughs> no one can work it out. I would love to know what has happened. Police have ruled out drugs, alcohol. Have they they okay. say that the family is just, they've just gone to New South Wales. Dad is still missing. It's a strange case. We're talking to Chanel Vella from Channel 10 News, who would usually do this segment with Jade Vincent. We send Jade all the best. What's wrong with her again? She's just not feeling great today. What, a bug or something? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Just, yep, moving on. These mother helicopter choppers is around. The police out there at the gate. Come on, what the else do y'all want from me, bro? That is the potty mouth of Chris Brown, the rap singer, who uh, first came to prominence because he beat up his girlfriend, Rihanna, and this week found himself in uh, in a standoff situation, his home in Hollywood surrounded by the LAPD because he'd apparently pulled a, a gun on a young lady. We're recapping the week's news with Chanel Vela from Channel 10. What did you make of that situation? This is absolutely bizarre. So the woman's <laughs> name is Bailey Curran, and she Bailey. said... Bailey. Mm. Bailey Curran was at uh, <laughs> his house, and... <laughs> Do you reckon she was a cheerleader, Bailey? I don't know, but she was in the hot tub and I love that part of it. <laughs> How do um, we know she was in the hot tub? Well, because Were you there? I'm not oh, long throwing silence. myself into this. <laughs> but look, she said that she, there were some diamonds being shown around. She wanted to have a look at them and then it all just went downhill from there. Gun was pulled and I know she was in the hot tub because she said she wanted to leave, but she didn't have her shoes on. <laughs> there was no shoes on. And how do we know so much about Bailey? Well, she has done a media tour. Literally, from the moment she was out of that house, she was on every radio station. 
around the world telling her story. Is it a setup? Was well, Bailey trying to get know, some me time? When something bad happens, you make the most of it. You do. You exploit it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Shardell Vella, always good to chat to you. Uh, and send our best to your co-host in this segment, uh, Jade Vincent. I will. Lovely girl. What medicine does she need for her condition? Yep. Just leave it there. She's wonderful. Some, she's a wonderful person. Some hash browns. Nope. She's Fantastic. Would and KFC we love her. make you feel better? You're getting the wind up, and I'm happy. Some power aid, maybe. To finish this conversation. <laughs> Chanel Vella, thanks for coming in. We will talk to you next weekend on the weekend breakfast and get on the storm tonight against the Sharks as they battle for the flag when it comes to the home and away season. This is Triple M. Triple M's weekend breakfast with Seb Costello, right behind the Alfred's Healthy Heroes Father's Day appeal. Presented by Bulla Dairy. Donate at alfredfoundation.org.au.